Today's episode of Beyond the Rut is sponsored by Capshow, which is the ultimate AI content marketer for entrepreneurs who podcast, vlog, or live stream like yours truly. Stay tuned throughout this episode to discover more ways you can use Capshow for your content. For now, let's get straight into the episode. If you feel like your life is stuck in a rut, this is the show for you. Welcome to Beyond the Rut, the weekly podcast about inspiring and equipping you to make your own path and live the life you've always dreamed of, Beyond the Rut. I'm one of your hosts, Jerry, and in just a moment, Brennan is going to join us as we have a conversation with Katina Stith. Now, Katina is going to share her story with us about how in her story, though, she goes from being a victim of these two circumstances to thriving in her life and then advocating for those who have also been victims of sexual assault, of human trafficking, and so much more. And we get to hear how she has just found her calling and found energy and encouragement through her story and encourages you to find your triumph in your struggles. So sit back and relax unless you're driving. In that case, we need to get you to where you're going safely or you need to get yourself there as Katina shares her story with Brandon and I and all of you. Here we go. All right, Brandon, how are you doing on this fine recording day? It's a beautiful day in my neighborhood. Ah, won't you be mine? Absolutely. <laughs> All right. <laughs> now our wives are really going to wonder, aren't they? <laughs> I know what mine's going to say. I knew it. I knew it. All these years, I knew it. I'm like, no, no, we were joking. We were joking. You guys are weirdos. I think they figured that out a long time ago. Uh, the, the weirdo part, yes. Oh, man. But yeah, true story. My wife thought um, when we first met that I was actually uh, hitting for the other team, that I was gay. And, oh. Yeah. And she was so <laughs> sad about it until she found out I wasn't, and then she was happy again. <laughs> but um, she also thought I was a drunk because every time she ran into me, I just happened to have somebody hand. I had just come back from a deployment, and somebody had just handed me a beer in my hand, and then she comes out of her door, and I'm like, the look on my face is like, this isn't what it looks like. You know, I swear, I don't always have a beer in my hand all day, every day. But, but yeah, she, she now knows I'm not a drunk. I hardly ever drink. But anyway, that's, that's not important. That's not why we're on the show. We're here because we've got Katina Stith here calling in from Corpus Christi, chatting with us also in Corpus Christi. But we're all separated because of social distancing during the coronavirus pandemic. How are you doing, Katina? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Awesome. And we know you through a variety of channels, through church, mostly church. And um, I know you and Brandon are, are good friends and we've crossed paths quite a bit. So, yes. Um, yeah. yeah. Yep. Church and more church. And um, <laughs> like you said, other events. And, um, and yes, Brandon and his beautiful wife, Renee, we've all become really close and I'm very blessed to, to know them, have them in my life. Oh, I feel very blessed too. One of the things that we started a, a couple of weeks ago because of this stay at home thing, we actually started this about a month ago and we did it in person. The first time was uh, once a week, we gathered to uh, pray for our community and each other. And uh, so a couple of weeks ago, two or three weeks ago, we started doing it virtually since everybody needs to be home. So that turned into a Zoom prayer meeting of uh, us and Scott and Kaney and uh, it's just been a really fun time to gather and yeah. pray for each other and just encourage each other because everybody's getting a little stir crazy during this. So if you're listening to this episode in about three or four years from now, and it's not 2020, you need to go back to the history books and see what kind of craziness we were doing in March and April of 2020. Yes, more encouragement. 
even then and now. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, Katina, you have a, just an incredible story and uh, just experience in ministry. You're you're encouraging people through that story, and and I don't want to spill the beans on all of it because, <laughs> like we talked about before, you're going to start a podcast. Or you're going to uh, you're going to do it either because you really want to, or to get me to shut up about it. But yeah. I know it's going to be great. But one of the things that you've really focused your ministry on is just encouraging other people. And so I wanted to bring you on so people could hear your story and how you got started and and what led you down this path to know that your your purpose in life was really to share and encourage other people. Okay, well, um, to start off as far as like how I got started with encouraging people and as far as my podcast, let me start with with the podcast part. Um, Brandon, you have been such an encouragement for me to um, as far as pushing me to speak more, talk more and to encourage more through podcast wise. it has been something that I've thought about for a while because and through my past and the different things I've gone through through life, I thought if I had only known certain things, it would have pre- prevented certain storms in my life. And um, I truly believe that through our storms, we can give different things away to help other people. And so as much as I've gone through, I'm praying that it helps somebody that by me being able to talk about it, it gives someone else hope wherein I remember being very hopeless um, and just needing someone or watching someone gave me the ability to say, maybe I can. And um, so part of doing the, the podcast is to just give that out. Um, just to give out hope and to, for people that feel hopeless. So, um, and as far as how I got started, back in uh, 97 is when I actually started working with this women's shelter. And um, I answered their hotline. I worked in the shelter. I would see women and children come in. It was for domestic um, violence and toward women and children. And um, I went through all of these courses, this training that you have to go through and even to get to that point to work inside of the center. And so in being in there, I was answering their hotline and um, just taking care of whatever needs that that were needed in the house. And coming in contact with these women and children and my heart would just sink. But I felt so I felt good about me because I was giving back, even if at that point in my life, I didn't feel like I had much to give. It made me feel like I had something at that particular moment um, that someone else did not have. And it brings me back to hope. So that started in 97. And um, I went through so many different tragedies and stuff of my own life. Um, 
I can say now, I thought that that was the reason that I was starting to step out and to help people. But since I've been doing it from 97 until this point, I realized that that's just, it was just part of my nature. It was who I was born to be, um, was to help and to, to help people. And the things I've gone through gave me um, understanding of other people that were going to come into my life. That makes sense. Stay with us. We'll be right back. And now let's talk about how you can use Capshow to repurpose and market your content. If you have a business like me, you can upload your cornerstone long-form content, like podcast episodes or YouTube videos, into Capshow, and it will create all your content marketing assets for you. And here's the coolest part. Capshow is more than just a robotic AI tool. It's a powerful blend of artificial and human intelligence designed by marketers to help you organically reach more of the right people on more platforms. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Capshow, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day trial and see for yourself. Now, back to the show. Right. That that makes a lot of sense. It it put it in perspective rather than just, you know, some sort of punishment or something you had done in life. It's like God was preparing you in order to deal with what for you. Right. Yeah. And um I grew up Muslim. I'm a I'm a jump in there and start with that. I grew up in a Muslim home. And um so when my experience in growing up in a Muslim home, my father um, was very, um, I'm the head, you're going to listen and do what I say do regardless. So my under, full understanding of Islam did not really happen until I became an adult. But as a child growing up in a, um, in a Muslim household, it was about um, submission, what my father wanted me to do. That's what I saw. Um, right. Not to say that that's what Islam is. That's just what was happening in my home. Um, so it was, we got up and um, we did prayer um, three times a day. Um, there was fasting. There was, um, we went to the mosque. So me learning about Christianity was not even something that was brought up in our household. In fact, it was the opposite. My dad would say, don't you even, um, church is the fashion show. Everybody's just wanting <laughs> you to uh, come in dressed up in the big hats and stuff. And I would, you know, hear this and listen to him. And then we would go to the mosque. But there was something always in me that questioned where, what we were doing. Because in the mosque that we would go to, the men were all up front and we were in the back women and children. Right. And I thought, I can't hear what the minister is saying. <laughs> and I thought, um, what am I going to hear <laughs> what, what he's saying? And what's the point of me being here? And I remember asking those questions as a kid. So I asked my dad, I said, I can't hear the, the, the minister. Why am I not able to sit up there with you? And he told me, well, I'll come back and teach you. <laughs> and um, and I thought, well, why am I even going? You know, why am I even here if I can't even 
hear, listen to what he hears because in the back, you know, we're supposed to be quiet, but you have crying babies and, you know, you have other things and there, I, I wasn't really grasping what I was there for. And that was back then. Besides, that's because this is just what you're supposed to do because this is what this household does. So for me to be a woman of Christ now um, and looking back, I really think that it was something that it was in, it was part of my purpose um, in life because I questioned it all the way back then. That's such a great way to, to understand your start. It's like something inside of you said, I should question things. One of the things that annoys me more than anything is when somebody said, so that's the way we've always done it. Well, yes. that's really true of everything. We've always done it this way, but you also used to wear diapers. You don't do that anymore. So that theory doesn't make any sense. We need to question things and say, well, why? And especially growing up in, in a Muslim community of you're not supposed to really question your father or really male figures in, in general. So you had to risk a little bit to ask a few questions and say, well, why am I in the back? Well, yes. That's the way we do it. But yes. why? <laughs> Give me a good reason. Maybe I'll stick to it. But just because is not a good enough reason for me. Yes. And, you know, was um, part of me saying it was part realizing it was part of my purpose now is because I remember I was in elementary school and um, there was a neighbor that had a she had a little um, a, a son. He was um, preschooler. And I would talk to this lady. I was one of those kids that was very friendly. I was the only child. So, you know, I talked to everybody. <laughs> Anybody would <laughs> listen. I'll talk yeah. to <laughs> there you go. Hey, what are you doing? Well, why? <laughs> and so I would talk to her and, and, um, and while she was, you know, outside playing with her, her son and all. And she asked if I would come to church with her. And um, I was like, sure, I, you know, no, no problem. And she asked my mom, surprisingly, my mother said yes hmm. um, to, yes, she could go. All right. So hopefully this won't sound weird. I can come back to it. But <laughs> this lady took me to church with her and Brandon, she had me baptized. Wow. Um. I didn't really understand what baptism was or anything. It was something she told me I needed to do. Um, but my point being is that a seed was in my life hmm. um, back then. I didn't understand what the growth was going to look like. I don't even know she really realized what the growth was going to look like. But she did something that she thought she needed to do. Wow. And... I can say that I appreciate that now because there was a seed planted back in my life back then. And my mother never even, my mother said yes. Um, so growing up that way gave me two very different perspectives of life. And it helps me today. It helps me understand the backing of, of Islam it has helped me with my prayer life still today because I could take that from that. It was instilled that we prayed. So I can, I utilize that in my life today as far as prayer. 
you know, so there was things that I was able to still take away from that, that I can, that, that impact my life still today. That's so good. That audience on her side to just, I'm not sure why or how or what, but I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. And I, I don't know if you still communicate with her at all, but she certainly started a generational change in your family and your life and the people that you've impacted. She definitely has. And I wish I knew her name and, you know, I was able to um, go back and, and, and do that. Um, But she, she has truly made a difference in, in my life. And like you said, in generation, generations, you know, um, with my girls and, and in their children's lives, you know, so I'm grateful for her. Um, but by doing that, she's also gate uh, opened the door for me to to um, appreciate where I am now, as far as Christ is concerned. Um, because during my journey, um, I've experienced a lot of uh, sexual abuse, um, physical abuse, and going through things like that, you remain, you go back to being, feeling hopeless and questioning um, everything about your life. And um, so I believe in becoming, I, I got saved and I was in my 20s. It was early, early, early 20s. And I was with my aunt and uncle um, when I got saved. And even then, <laughs> um, not really understanding what that meant. I (laughs) did it because someone told me that that's what I needed to do. Right. Um, And I thought at that moment, um, nothing else has worked in my life. Nothing else has worked. I followed what my father asked me to do. I've done those things and the abuse and everything still happened in my life. All I want is for me to not feel pain anymore. Right. And so I thought, why not do what my aunt is asking me to do? And that is to go to be saved. And what I, during that time um, where we were, their church, it was about confessing your sins. Now, keep in mind, I have no idea of what that even means or what that are even supposed to look like, because that's not what I was taught, but she was nudging me. And I thought I was supposed to go to in front of the church and talk about all this stuff in my life. And I'm thinking, but what did I do wrong? How is that a sin? <laughs> you know? <laughs> right. So um, I had, there were so many things I didn't understand and I was resistant because of the lack of understanding of it. Um, But at the same time, I knew something needed to be different. So I did go up there and um, they said, you know, you confess you're a sinner. I was like, yes, you know, yes, I'm a sinner. Not realizing um, what they were really asking me or anything. I'm just like, yes, um, whatever you say I am, um, that's, that's, this is true. So, um, but they went to church all the time. I mean, that day, that Sunday, we were all dressed up, went to church, and then we went home, we ate, and I thought that was gonna be the end of it until they told me it's time to go back to church. 
And I thought, again? <laughs> um, and it was twice on Sundays. And then it was again during the week, uh, two more times during the week. And I thought, okay, maybe I don't want to be a Christian. <laughs> because yeah. uh, we're in church a whole lot. And I don't think there's anything else that we're doing outside of church. So, you know, still not understanding. And being in there, I started to feel a little um, lost because they were sharing stories that I didn't know. I mean, they were sh- talking about stories in the Bible. And the, the pastor would start talking about how, you know, I'm sure we all know or we all knew. And I'm that one that's sitting there saying, but we all don't. Right. I didn't grow up knowing biblical stories. So is there a place even for me here? Mm. And so I started even questioning that because I wasn't, I didn't feel like that I was part of this puzzle. I didn't fit in because I don't know what they know. Um, That's so good. And as as a pastor, I, I always try to remember that, that I can't say things like, well, everybody knows about Peter, right? Most people don't. Yeah. You know, if you grew up in church, you do, but otherwise you can't even say things like David and Goliath and, you know, everybody knows the story of Jonah, right? It's like, no, there, there very well could be and is somebody in your church that doesn't know those stories. Absolutely. And I think it's so important to keep that in mind. You know, um, I've tried to follow that example um, of keeping in mind that everyone that comes to Christ did not have a backing of that. You know, um, we are all in different, we all have different backings. And isn't that what it's supposed to be about anyway? Right. And um, so I try to make sure that I keep that in mind in, in talking that. And I think that that's what helps me with identifying with other people, um, other women and all is because I have, different backings and I've been exposed to different things and I've gone through so much, you know? So, um, I'm like, okay, Lord, I've gone through all of this stuff. I've been exposed to this. It has to be for a reason. And if it's not for a reason, then you start thinking, um, why am I even here? And I questioned that even to myself when I went to church and felt like that there was not a place for me. I question why I'm even here Um, and is my purpose to go through being hurt. I asked myself that because that's what it seemed like um, was happening over and over and over, you know, again, with the physical abuse and the um, sexual abuse. And now I'm going to church to try to get away with something. And then they tell me I don't even fit in here. My first uh, counseling session with a pastor and his wife, um, I opened up about the sexual abuse that I'd gone through. Um, I was first sexually abused when I was six years old. And that went on through my life um, up until I was 16 um, or thereafter. And then I was kidnapped at like 20. So when I got saved, I was like 22, 23, and I wanted to open up about what I had gone through. So I sat down with this pastor and his wife, and I'm talking to them about it, and he brought up Jezebel. Oh, wow. 
he asked me, did I feel like Jezebel? Now, mind you, I, I had no clue what a Jezebel, <laughs> anything about that. And yeah. his wife was quickly to jump in and said, she doesn't feel like Jezebel. Tell him you don't feel like Jezebel. As if I knew what they were talking about. Right. I don't feel like a lot of things I don't know anything about. <laughs> right. So um, I'm thinking, okay, you know, uh, who is the Jezebel? You know, and why am I being referenced to this person? And why is his wife now telling me, no, she doesn't? And um, so once I learned the story of Jezebel, I will tell you that that set me backwards. Mm. Um, I did not want to open up and share about be transparent anymore. Right. Um, And I truly felt like that church was going to be about judging me, blaming me. And I went back to being feeling hopeless again. Mm. Um, So I think it's important again, to keep in mind, of when we say, you know, that uh, in church now, we say, you know, everyone is welcome and all backgrounds. <laughs> um, right. We have to keep in mind exactly what that is, what that means, and being careful about what we're saying. And when we say that all is welcome, do we really mean that? You know, I think that's such a great way to look at it. We say that all the time and then, but we don't act like it. You know, mm-hmm. I love all people, but you don't, you, mm-hmm. you don't act like it. So it really doesn't matter what you think or believe if it doesn't show in your actions, it really is irrelevant. Right. So I, you know, I'm feeling, um, I think all of those things is what helps me, um, with encouraging people and all today and through all of the, the abuse and the things that I've gone through, I've had to learn throughout the way through throughout my my years of the hard work that has to go in it every day you know um making myself a priority learning how to do those different things in spite of what someone else has shown me or have told me um understanding that church also with um we the people in there are is not who my where my definition and my comes from in life, you know, um, there's human beings too that right. make mistakes and I'm still learning along the way. I'm sure that pastor is not going around telling people that come in that they're Jezebel, <laughs> you know, you know? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, that he was in a place of growing and learning himself, but that took time in my life you know, to get to that point to where you don't harbor those things that people have said along the way. But I tell it because I want people to understand that if they are in that place in life, that maybe you should rethink what you're saying, you know? Um, so I, I use a lot of the things that has happened to me in hopes that not just to help people and give them hope, but to also maybe it can be used as a teachable moment 
for those of us that are called to be over other people who are hurt. How do you translate that into your speaking now? I know you do a lot of public speaking. We were talking about it where Jerry used to work. You spoke there. How, how are you really uh, able to use that to change people's lives and in, in just your public speaking aspect? Um, I use it as a, as a tool. Like when we were, um, I was asked to come to where Jerry was working at the hospital. Um, it was about human trafficking. And we hear about human trafficking, sex trafficking all the time. And what I've learned through this is that um, maybe I'm not just about human trafficking. I think I'm more about um, human rights um, in, in general. Right. I, I am about the rights of people. And so, but I was asked to come and speak about human trafficking and talk about um my story but i've decided i decided that day when i when i went to the hospital that i was going to decide how i was going to present my story that it was not going to be what someone else wanted me to say or even what they were looking for but it this was going to come out the way that i choose for it to come out because it's my story so um with right. that, it was, I'm going to talk about, yes, the human trafficking aspect that I've gone through through life, but I'm going to also talk about other things that I've gone through in life that has not, that's not even related to human trafficking, but God still showed up in my life because my whole purpose of sharing anything I've gone through is to show what God can do through it. And, um, and if I can't do that in that way, then I'd rather not even speak on it at all. So, <laughs> yeah, and, was, and having, having been in that room, there were 150 plus uh, healthcare leaders in that room and every single one of them was moved by your story. In fact, they were still talking about it for weeks on end and reference it uh, many months later. Uh, so it really did have an impact on people. It, it's amazing. We never really know whom we're going to impact with our stories and in what ways we will. It's just sharing that gives insight to somebody else to learn from it and be lifted up and realize that they can apply those lessons to their own lives. Well, thank you. I appreciate you saying that because you never know when you're standing there, you're like, okay, I'm about to be vulnerable. And what I've had to learn is, you know, being vulnerable around the right people because everyone does not deserve that part of you. Um, and when you are speaking about it, because you're still having to protect yourself, it takes a lot out of you to talk about what you've gone through, because sometimes it can just bring up things that you don't want to deal with, you know. Um, but that the purpose of that day of, of speaking about it was in hopes that in um in general, that people can, when you're in a, a position of helping other people, they are coming from all walks of life. And I shared with them um, a time that I tried to commit suicide. And that was due, me trying to commit suicide was tied into the sexual abuse and um, that I had gone through in, in life, the, 
beatings that I had gone through in life. And I thought, if that's all that I'm here for, why, why exist? So I tried to take my own life. And I went into the hospital. Um, an ambulance came to, to pick me up, took me to the hospital. And I was really out of it. All I remember are voices and not really knowing what anyone looked like. My, my eyes were closed. And I remember this nurse saying, um, there was this code that if you were trying to commit suicide, that they're supposed to, to, to call out. And she said, don't call that code out. There's something about this girl. And I remember her saying that. Um, and they pumped this medication out of me and they called an advocate in the room to sit and, and speak with me. And then there I was again with hope and purpose that someone saw something in me that I didn't see within myself. And they took the time to not do what necessarily what their protocol was to do. She broke protocol to save me. And I wanted people to understand that I know that, there, that we have to have protocol. There are things that we have in place for a reason. But if we go off the prompting of the Holy Spirit, if the prompting, that gut that's within you, you never know who you will save and the difference is going to make in their life. And she went through, she did that, probably not even realizing, but she did that. And she made such a difference in my life because they brought in an advocate to sit, to speak to me, to say, girl, there is purpose in you. And if I can give that back to other people, I wanted that room to understand, yes, I have come from sexual abuse. Yes, I have gone through um, through um, trafficking. I have been kidnapped. I have gone through these different things, but the word is through. And God still uses me, uses those different things to say I am working in her to encourage and to strengthen other people that I still exist, even through the hurts, the ups and downs of life, I still exist and can show hope and purpose in, um, in those that maybe somebody else has written off. I've had counselors that tell so me that beautiful. I'm not even supposed to be functional. <laughs> right. And I think what I love about your story the most is that you you didn't use any of these things as I used them all as a platform and you, you put them all together and stood on it and, and use that. So hopefully you can be that person breaking p- protocol and speaking to that one person that maybe has been told you're not good enough. You're not the right shape, size, color, faith, whatever you're supposed to be. And you're, you're breaking all of those protocols by doing that. That's what I love the most about your story. And uh, I know that you still do public speaking. Well, when we're available to go into the public again, I'm sure you still will. But uh, if people want to just get a hold of you and, and reach out to you, what's the best way to do that? Um, the best way to get a hold of me is through email. Um, KBSTITH, S-T-I-T-H at gmail.com. 
and then they can send you an email. And and if you send her an email, I highly encourage you to ask when's the podcast come out. Let's make that a part of every email, no matter what your question is, put it at the beginning or the end, put it in the subject line. When's the podcast come out? And uh, we're, we're all going to push Katina to get that voice worldwide as quickly as possible. And then it can be your second favorite podcast that you subscribe to and download every time. So Absolutely. <laughs> and uh, one of the things that uh, we try to encourage people to do is to just go out there and look for bright spots in the world, people that you can learn from. And I, I definitely think you're that person and people are going to respond to this in a way that just gives them encouragement, maybe to break a protocol or two. We're not encouraging anyone to break rules, but sometimes you have to question authority and ask, why are we doing this? And, and what's the purpose to understand it? Maybe, maybe we do need to break that rule or protocol and just say, let's do something different uh, for the greater good of somebody. So uh, we'll make sure Jerry puts all of that in the show notes and uh, gets us a, a, a good way to send you an email, get in contact. You want to bring in Katina once this is all over. She she would be more than happy to come speak to your group or your organization and, and just share her story in a way that brings you encouragement and hopefully progress in whatever it is that you're trying to tackle as a company. Yes, I would definitely love the opportunity to be able to do that. And again, that's at um, kbstith, S-T-I-T-H, at gmail.com. And I appreciate the opportunity that you all have given me to be able to talk today. And I am, just so you know, working on that podcast. I ordered um, some equipment that should be here soon. And um, I've even come up, come up with the name of it and all. So it is in progress. So thank you for constantly reminding me. <laughs> when you mention goals to me, I'm going to keep calling you to ask, hey, where are we at on that? Let, let, let's get together well, and talk you about should. it. Let's as move you forward. Because <laughs> yeah. we need those voices out there. Like you were saying, there's people out there that, that won't listen to me or maybe don't identify with me, but would with you, and they need your voice. You know, we need another positive voice out there in the world, and uh, so that's going to be a good thing. One of the uh, things I look for in podcasts and books and stuff like that is how does this encourage me? If it's going to depress me or make me mad, I probably don't want to listen to it. I want I want more positive things in my life. So do I. <laughs> so so do I. And if I can be a part of that in any way, you know, um, even if it's just one person, you know, um, that can get something right. from it, then we we have done what we were supposed to do. You never know who your audience is going to be, you know, and where they are in the in that moment when they're listening to you, what place they're in mentally or um, physically, emotionally. We, ne we just never know. Um, so us being able to say, to give a yes and to be an open and transparent, um, you never know how that helps someone else. So. If I can continue to do that, then I will continue to give my yes and do that, do so. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on with us today. And uh, sure. and uh, like I said, Jerry will put all that in the show notes. So we will make sure that uh, people can get a hold of you. And if they want to just drop by your house, <laughs> what's your home address? Don't do it, Katina. Don't do it. <laughs> 
one day I'm going to get somebody to shout that out. Jerry likes to give out my home address. So. Yes, I think we should all gather in your place. <laughs> Now, if you like everything you heard in this episode, be sure to check out the show notes at beyondtherut.com slash 218. There you'll find all the resources we've talked about, as well as additional ways you can connect with Katina. Now, the best way you can support our show is to share us with a friend, a family member, a coworker, or that neighbor across the street. That's right. What better way to connect with a total stranger who lives in your neighborhood than to go over to them and say, listen to this show. Now, truth be told, we've been doing this show for over four years, and we have not heard of a single person actually doing this. But if you did it, you could be the first. And if you like being the first, go do it in this way. We would greatly appreciate you for doing that. Now, thank you for joining us this week, and we look forward to joining you again next week. But until then, go live life beyond the rut. Take care. You know, the best thing I love about Cap Show is that they have one of the best communities ever. As a Cap Showian myself, I always get invited to masterminds with industry leaders to get the insights and marketing strategies that take my business to the next level. Plus, they love surprising and delighting us. Go to beyondtherut.com slash Cap Show, that's C-A-P-S-H-O, and start your 14-day free trial with the Cap Show team today and join me inside that community.